Molly King, are you ready for the podcast? Matt, you know the answer to that always, but can you just pass me some water, please? Water? I think you mean Evian. There's something special about how it comes from high up in those pristine mountains. I know Evian's the official water of Wimbledon, but I didn't know it was carbon neutral. It's been carbon neutral since 2020, and that bottle that you are holding right now, that's made of recycled plastic. Of course you've got all the facts. I love it. But should we crack on with the show? Evian's 750 millilitres and 1.5 litre bottles are made from 100% recycled plastic. This excludes the label and cap. It's Molly King. And yes, yes, it's me, Matt Edmondson again. A very warm welcome back to Between the Lines, an official podcast from Wimbledon in association with our pals at Evian. We are going to be taking you behind the scenes at the All England Club to uncover what makes this tennis tournament so unique. So Molly and I are going to be here throughout the fortnight chatting to tennis stars and celebrity guests who are all connected by a love of these great championships. Yes, we're going to be sharing more of your centre court memories too as the most famous stage in tennis turns 100. And our tennis expert, Charlie Eccleshare, amazingly has yet to quit and will be <laughs> Eccleshareing all the big news on court. Yes, but what we really want to know, Matt, is how our sweepstake picks are getting on. Come on, Tommy Paul. Molly, quiet, please. Join us then as we go Between the Lines at Wimbledon. And to get in touch with us on the pod, use at Wimbledon and at Evian Water on social media. We're waiting to read your messages. I mean, literally, I'm hovering there now. I know, you keep refreshing, don't you? Why aren't they messaging me, Mom? <laughs> it was so good, though, to have Gemma Styles on the last episode. We talked to her about her love of Wimbledon, talked about her fab strawberry-themed cardigan, and actually about her and her own mental health struggles. Yeah, it was great for her to open up to us about that. We really appreciated it. So thank you, Gemma. Yes. I know that connected with loads of people, including Ash, who got in touch to say, just thank you for talking about this. Well, thanks for listening, Ash. And do you know what? If you did miss our chat with Gemma Styles, or any of our other episodes, actually, featuring Evian Global Ambassadors Emma Raducanu and Stan Vavrinka, as well as wheelchair tennis star Gordon Reed, then do check them out. They're all there for free wherever you get your podcasts. Now, a little bit later in this podcast, we'll be joined by Aussie singer Sam Fisher, who's been enjoying his time here at Wimbledon. We're both fans of his, aren't yes. we? He's got a track called This, this City. City. Oh, it's so good. But as you can probably hear, Mol and I are are out and about on the grounds today. There are people milling around and actually where we are has drawn a real crowd. We are on the broadcast centre roof and right now as we talk, a beautiful rainbow has sort of emerged. It's springing up from centre court and is uh, arcing out away from the grounds here at Wimbledon. And I've never seen so many phones all at once. Everyone wants a slice of this rainbow, Moll. Oh, that's what they're taking pictures of. I wondered why you went to stand there. Ah, you thought it was my fans. It does happen. It does happen. I do draw a crowd. Uh, I can't be sure whether they're here for the rainbow or because they've heard Matt Edmondson's here. Uh, it could be None both. of us for sure. Yeah. It could be both. I tell you what, though, I'm feeling incredibly lucky right now. We have such a a wonderful view. We can see Centre Court, we can see Court One, we can see Henman Hill, and um, it does just feel very special being up here. Yes, we're sort of next to all of the uh, international reporters who have got their own little stations here. So on the broadcast centre, I'm sure you've seen it on the TV, there's a beautiful sort of grassy bit. I think it's actually fake grass, but they've done it very well, haven't they? Um, and then there's little segments, almost like the width of your own bowling alley, where they can stand with a background overlooking Wimbledon where they do all of their news reports from. And uh, John McEnroe is very near to us. I don't want to say his name too loud. I because know. Stay cool, Matt. Uh, stay very cool. Stay very cool. cool. And we mentioned that rainbow, of course, and you can't have a rainbow without rain. That's just the way they work. It's half of the name of a rainbow. 
And so that does mean it has been raining today, which got me thinking, actually, about that story you told us mm. from your sister's time Now, at you don't believe it, do you? So in our last episode, I told Matt a story about how my sister used to work at Wimbledon when she was a student. Now, she overheard one of the court coverers saying that if you fall over when you're covering a court, you've got to just go down, stay down, and let the court coverers carry on. Now, it does mean that you've got to sort of wriggle your way out, which is where I think you thought absolute nonsense. Well, I did, I did, but thankfully I've invited a man to talk to us now. His name is George Spring and he's an actual court coverer. He's Uh the head of court services. George, can you please shed some light on this theory that Molly has? It is a very interesting question because I've worked here for a long time and there has been times where that definitely has happened. (gasps) And how long ago was it that your sister worked here? Oh, goodness me. Probably 15 years. Oh, really? Mm. And what was her name? Ellen King at the Ellen. time. I do remember Ellen. You don't remember she Ellen. Was, she was quite clumsy <laughs> from memory. <laughs> Always wriggling out yes. from undercovers. Um, but um, no, definitely there's been times on centre court practices where, you know, you can't really stop. This boom weighs, you know, five, six hundred kilos and it's moving fast. But we do spend so much time now on the welfare of our staff. We've had induction after induction and, uh, you know, there's a lot of thought into what they wear on their feet and how yeah. they do it and all of that. So for the last few years, that hasn't happened. So but what's the policy now? Have. So if the policy now is if someone goes down as that cover's going on, what are we doing? That's a good question because yes. it is happening at speed. If they do go down, they See? probably will get covered. Yes. But it's, 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 not, it's not something that we as a team uh, recommend or encourage. It. No, no. no. Has has it happened? Happened? Oh, my word, it's happened. Yeah. Yes. So, George, George, once they, <laughs> once they are covered, how do they get out? They wriggle they and wriggle. wriggle. <laughs> And, and there's been times where people have lost their radios under there oh, and it's, oh it's, my goodness it's, it's quite amusing to, oh. to watch it, yes. Oh, oh my, goodness. my goodness. So it hasn't happened recently, but there's times it's happened a lot, you'd say. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. It's, have it's you ever had a, to wriggle yourself, George? I have. Have you? Oh, yes. What's yes. it like under there? It's quite calm. <laughs> That's the opposite yes. to what I thought it might yes. be, yeah. If I was buried alive under, yeah. a, under a wet sheet, I think I'd be... Uh, I'd be wriggling for my life right there. Oh, George, you've made my week with this because Matt thought it was nonsense. And as I was telling the story, I was starting to doubt my sister, Mm. which is something I've never done. But do you know what? I'm going to call her up and say, do you know what, Ellen? You were Mm. right. Did Ellen have to wriggle? She didn't have to wriggle, right. thank goodness. Fine. But um, Are we talking more of a sort of an army crawl or are we talking like someone doing the worm at a nightclub in the 80s? Everyone has their own technique. Well, and yours yes. was? I was more of an elbows boy sure. myself. Okay, yes. yeah, fine. <laughs> yes. Like a tough mudder under yeah. there. Yes. I can't believe it. So, George, are you covering a court yourself this year? Because I can see you've got the radio there. You're waiting, I guess, to run on. No, we, we have over 200 staff out there at the moment. The courts have just been covered and they're being inflated and hopefully any second now there'll be a call from the referee's office to take those okay. guys back off. Do they get punctures ever? Yes. How do you find the puncture? Because I've had it with a lilo and it's an absolute so, nightmare well, to put it in the bath. It's, <laughs> it's very similar. Right. We have um, the, the boys from Stuart Canvas that make the covers. They're on call 24-7 and we call them up and they come down with their puncture kit and they patch oh my gosh. puncture. Actual yes. 24-7. Yes, you can yes. call them at three in the morning and yes. say, we've got oh a puncture. Yes. Gosh, so that's as you can imagine, the covers are up at night time and if something happens, they, they have to be there to, to fix it. Are you a man deeply tuned into the weather? I'm a farmer. 
Right. You don't get more tuned than me. Yes. 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 Now yes. tell me this and be honest because we're friends now. Mm. Are you kind of hoping for a bit of rain? Are you hoping for a bit of action? When it's sort of like blue skies, you're thinking, oh, it's a boring day ahead. That is also very insightful. Our, um, when you've got that many students working for you, I pray for rain on the first day just to break them in, yeah. get them sorted out and get them to know their job, as, of course. And we've had um, years where there's hardly been any rain. And then you think the next crop coming through, they really haven't had that experience. Yeah. And what are they doing whilst they're waiting for the rain? Are they on court, poised, ready to go? So if they're on standby, they have to be courtside all the time. If rain is forecast, they are there ready to go. A bit like firemen, I suppose. Yeah. So yeah. They're, yes. But they've also got lots of other jobs, holding umbrellas and towels and ice and a lot of things like that. Okay. Now, I know you've just met Matt and I, but if you yeah. had to select one of us here to join your team... Oh, hang on. Is that what's going on? No, that, we're safe. That's the ground stuff. Oh, thank, oh, thank good. Okay. I thought just mm. as we mentioned us yeah. two, you I, might be calling one. Like, I've got one now. Well, They're coming I, down. I, I, I've got um, a wriggler. I'll predict your question. I think you want to know who would be the best court cover. And when you both that. jumped when that radio yes. went, I thought you'd both be very good at it. Well, thanks very yes. much. I mean, you know. Uh, oh, uh, <gasps> hang on. George is on. Go for George, Peter. Could we get new towels to Central Court One, please? I'm ready. That's a copy. George to Maverick and centred your copy, please. I love that there's one called Maverick on the team. Apologies. That's all right. Never apologise. Look at that. You say it, it happens. I love I wish, the power. I wish I had a radio. Yeah, I wish I could have that in my own home for towels. I had a shower today and there wasn't one and I had to trot <laughs> nude down some stairs to go and get one out of the cupboard. What a sight for the neighbours. Well, quite, mm. quite. <laughs> if I could radio George and he could bring one to me, I'd be made. Well, George, thank you for confirming that wild story. I want to see it happen. I want to see someone wriggle. I mean, bad for them, but great for the rest of us. <laughs> I know. I mean, forget between the lines. Let's go between the covers next time. I like it. Thank There's you. a spin-off podcast. I'd invest in that podcast. Good for you. George, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Well, listen, we've got answers to all the important questions on this pod. And if there's something you've always wanted to know about Wimbledon, like what happens when a court coverer falls over, then you can send your questions via social media at Wimbledon or at Evian Water. And we will try our best to get them answered. Yes, we will. Right. Let's get today's guest on. He's an Australian singer-songwriter who's had hits in the UK, the US and Australia with songs like This City. Oh, it's a good one, that. He's recorded with Demi Lovato and has toured with Lewis Capaldi. He also really loves tennis. And most importantly, he shares our love of all things Wimbledon. It is the brilliant Sam Fisher. Sam Fisher, welcome to Wimbledon Between the Lines. How are you doing? I'm doing so well. It's so wonderful to be here talking tennis. It's great. It's nice to have you on. We're sort of enjoying that experience too of just getting to chat tennis with yeah. people that we wouldn't normally get to chat tennis with. And you've, um, you've had a busy week, right? It has been a bit mad. I got to go to Wimbledon for the first time and sit on center court and I was interviewed on center court. They said, okay, just get close to the grass. And I went to put my foot on it and this guy yelled at me like he was about to tackle me to the ground. So that was a good first introduction to Wimbledon. <laughs> yeah. But it was it was amazing. It's, it's been so good. I'm intrigued by you doing the interview and, and almost getting rugby tackled off the grass there. Firstly, how do they get the grass that good? Um, and that's a question just for I the know, room. Yeah. How do they get the grass that good? A, a prayer and a, and a great lawnmower. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. probably that, isn't it? Good lawnmowing skills, I would <laughs> Those say. Those two things. So what were you being interviewed about when you were there? So in New York, for the first time, 
The English love their hills. I mean, it's apparently not, it's just the hill now at Wimbledon. It's, it's no longer like Henman Hill or Murray Mound or Radicanu. Rise, Radicanu Rise. We trying were, to make we were it happen. Radicanu Rise. Yeah. Trust okay. me, I went through the thesaurus. Gotcha. It's the only one that works. <laughs> Okay, cool, 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 cool. So in New York, there's now the hill in New York. And next week on the 9th and 10th, I'm going to go play a gig uh, at the hill in New York and watch the tennis on this big screen they've set up right under Brooklyn Bridge. So it was part of that. And I, I rocked up at Wimbledon at like 10 in the morning, got to go into center court when no one was there when they were preparing it. And uh live out my childhood dreams of standing on Santa Court in Wimbledon. Yeah. Did you actually get to see Serena Williams play? Because I think you were here that day, weren't yeah. you? And she got knocked out. Yeah. I tell you what, it got to the third set. Listen, I will back Serena until the day that I die. Um, but I left before she lost because I refused to see Serena Williams lose. Uh, <laughs> but I, w- I was here for it. And we had these uh, just unbelievable seats we were like right on the on the first row it was like i don't know being that close to serena williams was very overwhelming and and uh yeah like a a dream just an experience of a lifetime we we have heard and she didn't say in the press conference but the rumors are swirling that the reason that she lost is because you left um (laughs) she's she's holding you personally responsible so i will i will own that and i'll promote that rumor yeah she's pretty angry about it sam tell me how loud in the flesh are the noises that she makes because i'm so here for it and i feel like i need to kind of bring that into my day-to-day life behind it oh my god that passion it's like ah how loud is that yeah it's a roar i mean like it goes off but it i tell you what like The crowd was meeting her energy and going louder with her. You know, it was incredible as well because Venus and Serena's mum and then Alex, her husband, were sitting in the player's box. And in the first couple games, Serena was a little shaky and there was a game where I think she double faulted or something and the whole arena was silent other than her husband, Alex, who started this clap for her and was like filming the whole time and just looked so proud of her. It was just, it was very cute to see. Yeah, I was watching on the telly and they kept cutting to that that area and he yeah. was just like, he was barely on his seat. What, what was he? He was just sort of up all the time and you would be, right? Of course. I'm like, oh yeah, absolutely. His, his wife is Serena Williams. Yeah. That's mad. Are you like that at the cricket? Um... Do you know what? I probably am actually. So Sam, my partner plays cricket and um, yeah. the first few times I went to watch him, I kept trying to wave at him and his stepdad, Nick, was like, Mole, he's not going to wave back. And I was like, Nick, trust me, he's going to wave back. Just trust me. Did he wave back? He gave me the tiniest, tiniest like raise of the hand, kind of like, I know I need her to know that I've seen her, but there's no way I'm waving at her in the middle of a game so um i try and give it all the passion from the crowd but he doesn't give me much back but he has kind of got his mind on other things so i'll forgive him he's quite busy out there isn't he? he's quite busy but sam i mean you love tennis don't you because before being a Mm -hmm. pop star you played a lot yourself right yeah i mean tennis was like my life like my the great loves of of my professional life have been tennis and music and it was tennis first and then i stopped growing and just straight up wasn't good enough (laughs) Uh, to pursue tennis. But my cousin was a professional tennis player and it, it just, music is so subjective. There's no winning in music, Mm -hmm. you know, like one person can love a song and, and the next person can hate the same song in tennis. 
if it's out, it's out. If it's in, it's in. Yeah. And that's it. Like if you're if you're not as good as the player you're playing, like that's that's just it. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like a different show of emotion. Like when you're on stage, you become someone else and and you give a lot of yourself to the crowd and your performance. But you know, after you come off stage, it's not like you want a match. <laughs> you yeah. feel great and you feel that rush of playing this amazing show and having people cheer for you and, and scream your songs and stuff. And that's the best. But tennis is like you come off and you won, then like you you won. That's a tick. And if you lost, then you lost. Yeah. Yeah, you but kind like, of have to judge it yourself as to whether you think it was a good gig. And that's kind of how I would like to play my tennis matches. <laughs> like walk off like, know? yeah, I smashed that on centre court. That that's how my tennis the should numbers work. Numbers say tell a different story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mentioned that you were massively in tennis when you were younger. Did you ever do it do it competitively at all? Yeah. I did. Uh, it was. It really was like my my life. I was set on being a tennis player. I was like in Australia. Nick Bolatieri, who runs an academy in Florida, he came down to the club that I played oh, for, wow. and we did like a whole week with him. And like James Duckworth, who's an Australian tennis player who played Andy Murray in the yes. first round. Yeah. Him and I used to play against each other in high school and stuff. And it really was uh, a big deal for me playing tennis. It just, I don't know. I just loved it. I love tennis. <laughs> was there a point where you had to make a decision? Because Mol will never tell you this, but she was a champion skier. She skied for Great Britain youth what? squad or whatever it was it's something impressive on, it's more impressive than i've just described it but you had a fork in the road do i take the black run that's towards music yeah yeah yeah, yeah, or yeah. it's dangerous it's precarious <laughs> who knows what's going to happen um or do i go down the path that i know with the skiing and you took that black run and obviously you know we're very successful with the saturdays um oh, thank but you. that was a that was a sort of a, a sort of a big thing to make a make a decision on do you feel like you had that sliding doors moment between tennis and and the pop career okay first of all molly you're an overachiever let's just get that <laughs> one thing straight here i don't know about that no, sam imagine having totally to work with that every day sam <laughs> I'm totally going to take that. Thank you. But um, no, you're, you're very kind. So impressive. I did not have as much of a sliding doors moment um, because it was very clear to me that I just wasn't good enough. Um, and it is something I played a tournament. It's quite a big tournament when I was, I think I was 13. And there's an Australian player named Bernard Tomic, who uh, was at one point the number one Australian player. He was 11. Uh-huh. I was like five feet tall. He was six feet tall. And he completely shattered me in this game. And it was like six love, six one. After that, it really was a moment of like, I might not be as good as I think I am at this game. And music felt right to fall back on, you know. Uh, but it was it was always music or tennis and um I was just better at music. Yeah. yeah. The moment they knew is when you turned the racket into a guitar and started practicing your chord positions on the handle. They were like, this guy, this guy, he's, uh, he's going to go far with the music. And you know what? Now that we're, I'm on a podcast with you guys talking about sport, I've, it's so lovely to know that it's come full circle and music has led me back to tennis where I was always supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you're on that hill rocking out, you're going to get the best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, Sam, we're doing a thing uh, every episode where each guest that we have on, um, we're asking them to leave us a little message in a bottle. Of course, it's an Evian bottle. 
Come on, Evian. And we've got a message that we can read you from our last guest that was Gemma Styles. Yes. And then we'll read you her message, we'll get your reaction, and we'll ask you to submit something and we'll pop it in there for the next guest. And Mol and I won't know what that thing is. We'll leave it as a mystery. So we don't know what Gemma's oh. written, do we, Mol? No. So this is the first time that we're actually reading this as well, Sam. So Gemma says, don't take criticism from those who you wouldn't ask advice from. Oh, That's very good. good. Though, Really that good. Is, How are people good. coming up with things that are this profound at such short notice? I mean, I am handing out a handbook before. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's selling them on the cheap, Sam. You get 10% off for being a guest on the podcast. I mean, I that is it. so good, though, because it's so easy to believe criticism or bad things people say about yourself. I don't know if you're the same as Matt and I, Sam, but, yeah. you know, any kind of knocks, Matt and I are very quick to believe them. But it's it's kind of hard to believe the nice stuff. But yes, don't take the criticism from the people that you wouldn't ask advice from. Gemma Stiles, I love that. Thanks, Gemma. Now, Sam, because Centacore is celebrating its 100th birthday, in its honour, our friends at Evian thought it'd be really fun to put 100 seconds on the clock and throw some quick-fire questions at you. Oh, now, don't think too much about this. Just go with the flow. Okay. Your time starts now. Tennis or Aussie rules football? Tennis. Still or sparkling water? Still. Singing solo or duetting? Singing solo. Alps or tropical island? Tropical Island. If I could be any tennis player for the day, I'd be... Serena Williams. Who would be your plus one to the Royal Box? It's got to be my wife, doesn't it? Ice cold or room temperature water? Room temperature. Night in or night out? Night out. Song you sing in the shower? <laughs> my own songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a smart answer. That. I love that. Yeah, yeah really good. Uh, one thing that we don't know about Sam Fisher... Uh, he was also a gymnast, and he can do a really great slow-motion cartwheel. Oh, my goodness me. Talk about overachievers. Wow, I know, right? Matt or Molly? Molly. Oh, the another overachiever, one. absolutely. I can't believe it. Love you, Matt. That's the right answer, Sam. You answered all of those perfect answers. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, it's been so lovely getting to chat to you. And, uh, you know, we're personally glad that the tennis didn't work out for you because it means we get to enjoy your music. Yeah. Oh, appreciate you. Ch thanks, mate. See, mate, you should have come with that earlier. You would have got the last question. Oh, what? <laughs> <Come on. laughs> Forget about it, Sam. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's been a blast. Drink more of what makes you sparkle. Try Evian's new sparkling water, fresh from the Alps with light, fine added bubbles. Discover Evian's sparkling water. Who needs bubbles when you can have sparkles? Oh, Sam Fisher, what a lovely guy. Really nice fella, isn't he? Now, Mol, I've got a question for you. Do you know what day it is? Uh, it's Thursday. It's Thursday. It's second round day, but it's also Environment Day here at Wimbledon. And if you've been down this fortnight, you will have noticed regular recycling stations dotted about the grounds. And that is thanks largely to our next guest. Absolutely. Hattie Park is here to tell us more. Hi, Hattie. Hi there. Hello, Hattie. We've got a firstly, because this is a podcast, people can't see us, but I wish they could because your jacket is the most oh, fabulous I've seen fantastic. at Wimbledon. Thank you. It's my happy Environment Day jacket. Just to describe your jacket, it is bright green. And it has sort of pink and orange. I would almost describe it as like classy wallpaper vibes to it, wouldn't you? Is that a good? Am I? Am I? Am I, I don't think well? you're far off. There's a kind of 1970s yes. sort of I love retro it. vibe yeah. to it. I love it. I love it. Oh well, so, thank you. So apart from looking fabulous, 
<laughs> Explain what your job is here at Wimbledon. What do yeah. you do, Hattie? So um, I'm the sustainability manager here at Wimbledon, and my job is to kind of come up with a plan for what we can do as an organisation to protect the environment that we all depend on, we all really care about it, and then it's to work really hard all year round with all my amazing colleagues here at Wimbledon, and then during the championships to try and involve as many people as possible in our environment positive journey. And sustainability is such an important conversation at the moment, isn't it? We had Gemma Styles on our last episode. Yes, I heard. And why do you think it's so important here at Wimbledon that we do really focus on this? Well, I think, you know, we present tennis in an English garden. We're really sort of, a, we use a living surface and we're all too aware of the climate crisis as well. Mm. Sport is being affected. We're all being affected. And I think we feel as a, you know, as a leading organisation, we need to, do our bit and the people who come to Wimbledon expect it of us as well now Hattie you're gonna not like what I'm about to say Uh and Molly you're not gonna like it either Uh oh no which is that there are some reusable cups around Wimbledon that say I live at Wimbledon Mm -hmm. they're designed to be returned and stay here indeed they are to reduce people's carbon footprint and Molly I know where this is going Molly said do you think I could take this home with me and I said have you I said have you read the cup the cup has told you where it lives you can't but she loved the cup and I talked her down yeah you did you did did. you put me back in my place fantastic cup if you take it home will you use it again and again and again I will we might give you one special one but the, the aim of it is about promoting a reuse culture get people to return them so they can be used again and again year after year and yeah people love them it's great yeah it was a beautiful cup Mole was very taken with it <laughs> so much so that she almost took it um, almost being almost. the yeah. almost. thank you Hattie thank you now uh, we've been wandering around Wimbledon over the last week or so and we've noticed loads of recycling bins around and I believe alongside Evian who we're working on the podcast with you're trying to implement a new recycling scheme for drinks containers tell us a bit about that yeah so this is something that Evian are doing with us which is about to really incentivize and encourage people to recycle we have the recycling infrastructure this is a reward scheme where you scan a QR code on the bin you scan your bottle and you recycle it and you enter you can enter a draw to enter tickets for next year at Wimbledon. That's a great idea. idea. Yeah, such a good idea. Yeah. It's all what, about encouraging, just really trying to get people feeling that recycling is the right thing. Can you tell us, Hattie, what else Wimbledon are doing aside from that to try and help with sustainability? Well, this year, as well as it being Environment Day today, uh, what we're doing this year is we are trying to get everyone who, whether you're watching at home or coming to Wimbledon, to think and act environment positive every day. That's our kind of sustainability theme, and so we're giving people information and. Advice about what they can do to cut the carbon, avoid waste, help nature. And we want people to tell us what they're doing as well. So post mm. on socials with with the hashtag green at Wimbledon. Show what you're doing. Kind of build a community of environment positive champions, people who care and people who want to be involved. Because, you know, what the choices we make and the things we do can make a difference. And then around the grounds, as you've mentioned, the recycling and all of that, uh, the reusable cups, we're also showing you um, low carbon food on the menu. So in the larders, for example, you can see where we're indicating that's a lower carbon dish. And then there's lots more that's going on in terms of cutting the carbon. You know, we buy renewable electricity here. We're being much more efficient with 
how we use it. Evian's suite this year in the, in the number one quarter is a carbon neutral suite. We collected racket strings last year from the players. They're back in the form of a, a countertop at some ticket desks around the grounds. Oh, nice. oh, wow. So, and we continue to collect them this year. Um, a lot of, you know, prioritizing nature, planting the living wall on number one court. Um, planted with flowering plants to encourage pollinators. Bugs are really important. We've got a centre court themed bug hotel on the on the queue. As so, as you walk down the queue, you you pass the bug hotel. So lots of things to try and encourage and support nature. We should check that out, don't we? The bug hotel. The bug, I love a bug hotel. <laughs> I built a few in my time. Yeah. None of them have ever stayed open that long. We want them to move in with their little suitcases yeah. and yeah. settle down and start munching. That'd be great. Definitely. Hattie, thank you so much for chatting to us it's been uh, really really lovely to spend oh, some time in your thank company thank you very much for You're having me a great job here and I was going to ask you to pop this into one of your recycling facilities on the way but I'm going to hang on to my Evian bottle so I can <laughs> maybe win tickets to yeah, Wimbledon exactly. next Scam. year <laughs> thanks Hattie thank you Now, the script here says it's time for my favourite part of the pod. And the script's right. It's right, Mol. It's right. How did it know? Because it's where we get to Eccle share what's been happening on court while we've been nattering to Sam and Hattie. Yes, he is back. Sports journal Charlie Eccleshare has joined us here from the broadcast centre roof. Charlie, what a couple of days it's been. Ask him the question, Mol. What's the Ask question? Ask him the question. What's the question? Ask him to Eccle share it with us. Oh. Do it. I, Do don't want, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. Charlie, share with us, please. Sure. What has been going on? She always, she's so crazy. You're 50% of the way there. I will happily do that. Yeah, it's a loads has been going on. Where to start? I guess, should we start with your picks, your sweepstake let's picks? Because I know that's who no, you really care about. Let's no, do no, it. No, we can it, gloss over that. It hasn't been a good couple of days for Matt, has it? On or off the court, to be honest. No, <laughs> it hasn't been. It's been a tough tough couple of days. I mean, Emma Raducanu went out yeah. yesterday. That was a bit of a shame. Yes. Uh, and your man, Filip Krajinovic, went out to date in at Kyrgios in straight sets. Oh, Krajinovic. He's put the cry in Krajinovic because I have been. Have you been? Yes, I have been. Did you even know who's playing today? Yes. I, you know when I had to excuse myself earlier and you thought it was just for a, a big bit of mat toilet time? That mm. was for me to process my feelings about that match. Okay. <laughs> it was pretty bleak, but good for Kyrgios who was brilliant and looks like he might actually do something at this tournament so hang on both of mine are out they're a goner man. they're gone never to be heard of again well do i have a wait can i buy back in what are you suggesting i don't know me getting the pen out again have it literally having another stab or maybe maybe i back the people that knocked out my guys Charlie, what are you thinking about? Garcia, I don't Kyrgios. know. I, I, I knew too. I don't know. I, I think another stab is too much. Mm. I, yeah. don't, I don't think you should be, you should get that sort of advantage. Mm. Possibly to keep it interesting, you can, you can get one life each or something. Oh. Right. Because otherwise it's just going to carry on indefinitely. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I do often think of you as the Kyrgios of the presenting world. I've always been a bad boy. Let's go for it. Kyrgios. All right. <laughs> you're Nick Kyrgios. And then on the women's side, Caroline Garcia. So you're back in the game. But Molly, you don't need... You don't need it. these don't need second it, chances. Talk to me about Tommy Paul, my man. Tommy Paul genuinely is playing really, really well. Uh-huh. He won again. He's in the third round. Favourite to get through to the fourth round. Apparently, he grew up watching videos of Tim Henman uh, to learn how to volley. There's genuinely a bit of buzz about Tommy Paul. I think yes. he picked really well. I can't believe it. You're trying to get a chance started, aren't you? Tommy Paul is on the ball. You tried to do that earlier Hasn't on court. Hasn't quite taken no, off yet. No, no. it's just you doing it, but I'm sure you appreciated it. There's still time for me to get it going. Absolutely. And talk to me about Halep. 
She won as well. Straight oh. sets. Mike, you know how to pick them, don't you? I'll tell you what, they're on the ball. I'm on the ball. I know. Imagine if they both win. Oh. That'd be incredible. I'll never hear the end of it, Charlie. That'd be awful. <laughs> Going under the radar a little bit, Simona Hallett, but a former champion. <gasps> That's looking, what I'm looking after. Looking pretty good. Yeah, she's like one of those people that applies to The Apprentice. You don't see them till episode mm. six and they come through and win it. Mm, yeah. love it. Keep it's a, a good place profile. to be that. Just yeah. Yeah, hide away. It. Exactly. She's barely been in the boardroom. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's been a bad week for me, obviously, but also quite a bad week for Serena Williams. Moll and I were texting each other, weren't we, we were. during that Serena Williams match? Because both of us were up surprisingly late. It's the latest we've ever been up. Oh, I think it was actually me. past nine o'clock. I didn't realise there was an 11pm. I know, right? Well, it turns out there is. We couldn't take our eyes off this game, I was genuinely. So tight. It was such a tight game. It was, yeah, it was... It was a tough one, a really tough defeat for Serena. I mean, it was, I, I thought Harmony Tan played amazingly well, but Serena, you did just want her to somehow get over the line. Uh, she couldn't quite do it. But then Harmony Tan has come through and won again today, and she plays Britain's Katie Bolter in the next round, which is a really exciting match. Well, yeah, talk to us about the Brits, because obviously Ooh. it hasn't been good in terms of Raducanu, and we've lost Murray as well, but we have got some Brits who are really thriving out there. Yeah, a bit of a mixed bag today, but some wins some losses but two really good wins Katie Boulter came through beat the number six seed and last year's losing finalist Karolina Pliskova and played brilliantly and really nice moment as well Boulter dedicated it to her grandma who died a couple of days ago and yeah so quite emotional scenes yeah. but big 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 win for her and when it comes to the women's draw who else is on the radar who's thriving out there Ons Jabeur who we spoke about uh, on Monday's pod is coming through well is just starting to generate a bit of momentum. Uh, our old friend Iga Sviontek is now on a 37-match winning streak. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's won a couple of matches, but lost a set today, which for her is very unusual. So those guys are doing well. Halep, Halep genuinely is, you know, just starting to build a little bit of momentum. I'm thinking the same. <laughs> Djokovic, Nadal still very much in the competition. What are you making of their game so far? Well, Djokovic had a tricky first-round match that we spoke about on Monday. But then yesterday, in his second round match, he was purring. I mean, tough match on paper against Thanasi Kokonakis, who's Nick Kyrgios' doubles partner. Big server, and I think a few people are thinking, oh, maybe this could be this could be a tricky one. And Djokovic was just in untouchable mode. And I think he likes that when, you know, he suspects people are thinking he'll be in for a tricky afternoon, and he get, puffs his chest out and says, nah, th that ain't happening. I'm just going to show you why I'm the best player in the world. So he's... Uh, he looks to be hitting some form. Nadal, it's a weird one. I mean, he, he lost a set in his first round match, had some difficulties. And then today, as we record, he's in a fourth set, two sets to one up. It looks like he'll win uh, the fourth set. But I, I, I was on centre court to watch some of his match today and he, he didn't look at his best. And that can kind of go one of two ways. Maybe he's playing himself into form and we've spoken about how these early rounds sometimes are about doing that it's about getting used to the conditions etc he's come in with a bit of an injury grass isn't his favorite surface or he'll lose in a round or two and you'll be like yeah he just never really got going um so of the two obviously very early days but i'd say Djokovic is looking looking the stronger now, Charlie, there is a story that I'm dying to ask you about. <laughs> it's brilliant. Is it true that one of the players turned up to his match without his rackets? Because this feels very much like something we would do, oh, Matt, doesn't it? Oh, every PE lesson I ever had. <laughs> Did he have to do it in his vest and pants? <laughs> yeah, in, in spare kit. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like that horrible spare stuff they had. 
He was he was actually a, they let him off and guy went and got his rackets. I mean, I kind of think he should have to start the match with no rackets and just sort of move <laughs> from side to side. If you don't bring them, right. there should be some price to pay. I mean, it's ludicrous. Where like, did he leave it though? In the changing room. In the locker room, room yeah. Okay. Oh, right. That's but, I mean, not so bad, is it? But surely you're going to feel like something's missing. Exactly. Something, when you walk out onto the court, mm. something pretty major is is not on me here. Yeah, although to be fair, I've been to the airport twice and forgot my passport. <laughs> have you? Yeah. <laughs> That doesn't surprise me. Oh, no, I need the passport. I I was in my hand at home. (laughs) That sounds like a... Yeah, that's like a nightmare. It was a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend. But, I mean, yeah, turning up to a tennis match without your racket is pretty reckless uh-huh. I mean it would be like us turning up here just no mics or anything just like oh yeah kind of forgot we, we might need some stuff um, <laughs> and, but players do, there's a lot of faff you know players are often turning up late and things like this for matches and I, I think again if you turn up late the other guys should get to start without you there just serving onto an empty court rack up some <laughs> games and you should have to turn up late like you do if you're late for class or so sorry so sorry um, but yeah I mean hopefully he's learned his lesson because that is absolutely schoolboy. I think that is the final uh, nail in the coffin for our tennis career because both you and I are always running late. It's more Molly than me, yeah, Charlie. Yeah, it's me, Charlie. I yeah. thought I was late until I met Molly King. <laughs> oh, my goodness me. You'd win every game we played. I would, I would yeah. win every game. I'd be like, I, I took you down in the third set. You won the. You won four games because I kept hitting it into the net. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> yeah, double fault after double fault. Yeah, exactly. How late are we talking for you? Are you oh, like, Charlie. Unacceptably. Uh, wow. No. <laughs> yeah. Fashionably, I, I would say. say Molly wouldn't break a sweat over 20 minutes. You'd argue 15, but 20 minutes. I'd argue minutes. 15, yeah. 25, but 20, 25 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You don't. Oh, Charlie, I've been stood outside events many a time, phoning while saying, you know, it says on the ticket that they close the door at 7.30. It's now 7.26. And she's like, don't worry, I'm just at Marble Arch. <laughs> Always. Nonsense. Now, Charlie, before we let you go, we've got a few more of our listeners' memories that we'd love to share with you. So you guys listening have been sending these in to at Wimbledon on social media. Yes. And thank you, by the way. We've been loving receiving them. We have. Jay has messaged in. Shall I do a voice for Jay or? I think maybe not. Okay. Uh, that Federer versus Nadal final. No roof. Finishing in semi-darkness. Wow. What a match. Will says Venus Williams in the year 2000, her first ever Wimbledon win, nothing more magical. And actually, Charlie, she's going to be playing in the mixed doubles with Jamie Murray, right? Yes, Venus is here, 25 years on from her Wimbledon debut. And indeed, my Wimbledon debut. That's less of a big deal. But, oh, I um, don't know. Yeah, you know, we were both here, and I think that really helped put Wimbledon on the map. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yes, 25 years on, here we both are. Wow. And Chinsa says, 1997, Henman. Rain meant Middle Sunday had play. Queue was still on the pavement outside then. I'll never forget it. Of course, the queue is through the park now, Charlie. Yeah, more civilised than than back in the day when people like me and Matt were, were queuing. And that was amazing. Henman won in five sets against Paul Harhouse. What a time to be alive. <laughs> and of course, Sunday this time is the first official middle Sunday. Forget these unofficial ones. It is, and should be very, very exciting. Yeah, looking forward to that. Do keep these coming in, by the way, at Wimbledon on social media, or you can use the hashtag CentreCourt100 to share your memories of the greatest stage in tennis. Once again, Charlie, thank you for Eccle sharing your wisdom with us. It is an Eccle shame that my players are out, <laughs> but I'll get over it. And <laughs> uh, we'll catch up with you on the next podcast on Middle Sunday. We'll see you then. Looking forward to it. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Charlie. 
That's it, Matt. Another action-packed episode of Between the Lines with Evian comes to a close. It does, and the rain has gone away, much like we're about to do. Do let <laughs> us know what you think of the series. You can send your comments and questions to at Wimbledon and at Evian Water. And also, please don't forget to leave us a little rating and a review wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, just like Abs did, who says she's loving the show. Thanks so much, Abs. Thank you very much. We are going to be back with another episode dropping on the first ever official Middle Sunday of Wimbledon. So look out for that. I feel like we need a fanfare. Can you do a fanfare? I could give it a go. It's good. Shouldn't have done it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. I think we can all agree, Mole, that we aced this podcast. Code violation. I always wanted to say that. Each year, Evian give away 30 Wimbledon tickets to support a chosen community group in the UK. For 2023, they've selected the Young Urban Arts Foundation who strengthen well-being and build opportunities for disadvantaged youth in London through creativity and culture. The Evian team look forward to welcoming members of the Young Urban Arts Foundation to Wimbledon next year.